Welcome to Walk It Off's Midweek Happy Hour Hang. Uh, we are here uh, on a Tuesday, a Wednesday. My gosh, the, I, I'm not the one on vacation. I still can't keep track of time. We are here uh, to talk about sports in the middle of the week because there's just so much that happens every week. Uh, these are your hosts. I'm Dave, and we've got Drew, and we've got Tim from New York joining us today. Look at that. The mysterious Tim from New York fills in every now and then. <laughs> Look, the veil of secrecy is lifted. It's my brother here. <laughs> and we are ready, man. It was fun getting on there Sunday night, giving you a little bit of a night off. But, man, we did uh, we did not get through all the transactions of the week. I, not I, even close. How could you? It was a fervor of it. But I always love hearing you all on the air, whether I'm there or not. We have not done it. This is our first time doing this, all three of us. So I'm really excited about that. We've got got the full vibe of those who have hosted Walk It Off the most all in one place. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a special day. And you guys, I don't know if this is a spoiler also, but you're not in your normal climate or your normal geography right now. What? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got a really awesome Zoom background. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with all those birds chirping too. It's real, uh, real high tech right there. But no, we are checking in from vacation because we just wanted to talk sports with you, buddy. Well, I missed you, and uh, that's not an understatement, so I'm really glad we're able to get this in. Uh, Thank you for taking the time while you guys are out trying to hike and drinking what I see are delicious beers there. So so tell tell me, man, where are you guys at? What's uh, what's been happening? I don't know if you can tell, but right behind Tim here, this this glowing mass of light... (laughs) With a better webcam, you Tim's, would see Tim's halo. Mountain, <laughs> mountains as far as the eye can see, man. We are here in the Great Smokies on the North Carolina side. So we're here from North Kakalaka. I love it. <laughs> Chilling on the porch on a rainy day. Got no hiking in. Spent the day at the brewery and hooking up the laptop to get some sports talk in because we're following, following these updates. NBA transactions, free agency, jumping in there. Look, we tried to give you a tough time on Sunday, not knowing after Chris Paul opted out, but <laughs> congratulations. You've got your point guard back until he's, what, 42 years old? <laughs> not not far. I think what I think it puts him at 40 or 41, right? Uh, but it, I, the way he's playing, you know, he's he takes care of his body. He's definitely a Steve Nash. Well, that's not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> a uh a potential tom brady like uh character so it, it, anytime somebody raises their game at 36 years old you've got to think that with without many visible uh physical deterrence or deficiencies that you might expect you got to think that there's something he can bring to the table for at least four years i mean you had to bring the band back together after a season like that phoenix didn't really have much of a choice you know, he was such a perfect fit, such a perfect guide for that young team to take that next step. Maybe it's the best they could do instead of having him opt into that $44 million option, just spread it out over a couple more years. I'm concerned he's doing too many State Farm commercials. I know. He might not be focused on the game as much, but uh, no, especially, like they say, game is so close. He has to have that drive. He, he First time ever in a championship. Now he's going to even probably work even harder than he ever has more in the offseason. He has a comfortable team. He's doesn't have to integrate to a new team, which is a huge thing for him. You know, because you, you always hear he's got a different leadership style. <laughs> Not so easy to adjust to. Great. But point. they really, you know, young players, Aiton, you know, they really took to his leadership style. And another year of that, another four years of that, really helpful. God, those poor kids if Chris Paul takes his workouts to another level. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's going to be running the next Space Jam and, and, uh, <laughs> no, and no, nobody, no. nobody's going to like him. Uh, but that, I, that's a really fantastic point. I mean, it's really a win-win for, for both the team as it's currently composed and for Chris Paul. He's never been at this point. He's never been at the point where he's been that close to a championship and can run it back. And with a team that, and maybe I'm biased because I saw a different angle here in Phoenix, but a team that had pretty spectacular chemistry and what I think was one of the variables that that pushed them to that level, even beyond talent and depth and those things. So it it, it was by far the best option for the Suns to do in, in free agency. And I mean, and, and I think for the development of that whole team, which 
when you have a point guard and your star, uh, number one star, arguably, but I think pretty safe to say, who is not long for this league, you've you've got to have some good plan to develop players, and that means keeping the coaching staff together and keeping the players together the best you can and keeping leadership like Chris Paul in the same spot so that those guys can grow because in two years, there's a likelihood we're not going to be with Chris Paul. There's a likelihood that we're going to be moving on to somebody else, and it's not going to be campaign uh, because he's. He, I just don't think he's built for that. It would be great to see him grow that direction more, but – there's going to be somebody else that has to step into this, and we've got to have the development and the foundation and the culture, like the Heat do, and we'll talk about them today too, I'm sure, to to keep moving in that direction. No, I like it. Uh, I like what I saw there. You know, it's it's a compromise. I'm sure while both sides are happy, both sides also are a little bit unhappy. You know, I'm sure the Suns didn't want to give four years to Chris Paul where he's at right now, but that's what you got to do to retain sometimes. Not everybody can be... I know we're cheering you up with this, but we'll get straight into it. You know, not everybody can be the Lakers and somehow fill out a pretty solid bench Yeah. after what looked like they were tapped out of money after trading for Westbrook. How do you get a guy like Kendrick Nunn to come there that cheap, young talent? Yeah, and Malik <laughs> and Monk. Morton Tucker retining. Yep. I, I agreed. I, I don't know how they did it. They're still, I mean, that's still a funky lineup, let's be honest. But it's it's definitely overshadowing all these vets and all-stars and stuff are definitely overshadowing big value pickups like like none and, and getting monk over there and um and you know I mean, I mean they still have anthony davis in that space so that kind of hard reset is probably the best you could expect from the uh from la but i don't know where they're going to land and where do you guys what do you guys make of that roster now coming into this next season we did a lot of talking about this on sunday but I think they're a total crapshoot. <laughs> I, I think it'll be fun to watch personally because I don't think there's any baseline mid, oh, they had a pretty good season. They're either going to be at the top or it's going to be an absolute shit show <laughs> with not much in between. I, I don't think it could be that bad just with the talent level alone. They're going to be a good team in the West. Like I don't think there's any way around that. You um, saw LeBron's first year with the Lakers. Yeah, but look at the talent around him now. Just <laughs> big difference. Just talent. Yeah. Like there's, you know, Russ is older. There's older talent too. You know, AD is a game changer, but can he stay healthy? There's the only reason that was the injuries really that they were out of it this year. You know, so I just see them adding talent. I mean, I was saying Russ should should come off the bench and just do whatever he wants to do. You know, and just you know, just get all the rebounds, get all the points, just you know, be the ultimate microwave player off the bench. I like but now that. with all the, the recent signings, there's, I can't see that happening. I, I yeah, like when that. When you've got your one years like your Dwight Howard's bringing back and, you know, all those miscellaneous pieces and ring chasers, that's what you expect. But then, yeah, I was surprised to see them being able to hang on to sort of a, a rising talent like Talon Horton. I was kind of surprised to see young players who are fairly highly regarded like Kendrick Nunn or Malik Monk who actually had a good year last year yeah and is exactly what they need just a lights out shooter if if he's on his game yeah there's a that and I think it's because of that it, it winds up being a crapshoot because those guys have to develop in a, in a in a system that I mean tell me if I'm wrong but they haven't really been developing talent like that hasn't been there that hasn't there's been their no system no, no there isn't rust those are two of the legendary yeah. you know ball yeah. carriers of our time yeah it's so they, they've got to do something that they haven't done in in a long time and I think that's going to be key for them really succeeding I mean I agree with you Tim I don't see how this team barring a ton of injuries which by the way is is on the table <laughs> Like that could totally happen for this team. You got a, you got a lot of miles on a lot of those legs out there, and people like AD who, you know, is likely to miss some time just on average, you know, and hopefully not in critical times for them. But that that could really throw them off balance because this team, I don't think, is going to be built to survive with some of the major pieces missing, and just LeBron on the court again. I, I'm frankly, I don't want to, Drew, you and I talk about this a lot, especially around Russell Westbrook. I don't want him to be considered, you know, a virus. I don't think he is. I don't think he's an unmanageable bad teammate, but he's not Chris Paul. He's not somebody that finds a way to unite, even if Chris Paul can divide sometimes. He's not one of those guys that 
the team's going to rally around and create a whole culture around. And frankly, LeBron hasn't done that either. So I'm worried about how the team's going to gel. And that still means if everybody's healthy and playing, they've got the talent to succeed. But when things start going awry, just like they did last year, I can see them just straight falling. That's exactly what I was saying. It's volatile because I look at Anthony Davis and he's probably the best player on that team right now. But he's got two guys who are going to be the ball handlers who are basically black holes with the ball in their hand for most of the time. Is he going to be happy with that, especially if he's got some nagging injuries or something? It's a it's an interesting situation. I'm, I mean, I could see them winning the championship next year with this lineup if LeBron and or Russ embrace that potential as kind of an off-ball player and slashing and really working. You know, they'll have the spacing if they need to work with it. But I can also see them not gelling and Davis just sitting there and LeBron and Westbrook running into clogged lanes over and over again all season. They're probably going to be the favorites, according to Vegas, I, I would think. I would assume that they're probably the favorites, but they're also chasing a Suns team now. Yeah, and the Suns are basically running it back. You know, you know, a lot of chemistry there, a lot of team chemistry built up. Where the Lakers have to find that now, they have to really need a preseason and practices and lots of time to find out how they're going to play, what style they're going to use. It's it's a great point too, and that's just added into the whole craziness of the Western Conference, which. I don't know what to make with teams like San Antonio having, you know, losing some of their major players like, like DeRozan. But, um, but you know, Utah is still going to be there. You know, they they just re-signed well, Mike Conley. That's yeah. huge. That's the same idea with the Phoenix Suns bringing back Chris Paul. You know, Denver with Jamal Murray coming back is going to be something to mess with. And the the real variable, I, I think, are the Clippers and finding out what what happens with Kawhi through here. Because you, you think that, based on precedent, one of those four teams at least has an argument to be favorites over the Lakers. But that puts four or five teams in the top tier there that you could argue are favorites to come out of the West, which isn't new, but it's still nuts, especially with, just, with as strong as the East has gotten recently. Yeah, you haven't even talked about the defending champs yet. Yeah. I forgot who those At are. Four. Our Memphis Grizzlies, who we were hoping would be making some moves to kind of jump up into that class of top-tier contenders. I mean, there might be some Grizzlies back here. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> on your label. Yeah. <laughs> some Grizzlies on this beer. <laughs> but I'm not really sure what that. There's been very little movement for the Grizz so far this offseason. It's been kind of shocking to me that they haven't really tried to add and try to take that next step forward. I guess basically banking on having a full series of Triple J healthy, more development from John Morant, maybe locking on to somebody like Bain, who's basically their star of summer league right now. Yeah, it's I've been really surprised with that too. I mean, I frankly I haven't even heard them in many of the rumors moving around, but you you've got to think. I mean, we've said for the whole year that they're one of those teams that is on the cusp and you've got to kind of bet on the majority of that lineup at this point. The only thing that I can see being a worthwhile investment, which I guess they can hold on, but there were some some decent ones out there, is bringing in some uh, some veteran help, you know, just to help guide a team, look for chemistry guys, locker room guys, you know, um, guys that you can def- d- depend on to play quality minutes but will help groom this team that I, I you know you think has gelled over the last couple of years but there's been a lot of roadblocks you know they're a hard team to read just because of Justice Winslow coming in and and not really clicking with the team and and big swing and miss there a big swing and miss and and maybe that's something that can still pan out I don't know there's uh there's a lot going on with that team that it's just hard to figure out at this point. But the potential is there. They have a superstar. I mean, Ja is getting to that level. I mean, maybe not quite yet, but he's like, you know, as far as marketability in ESPN games, you're going <laughs> to be. Real. What yeah, will Ja I mean, do next? But also just being a, you know, superstar level basketball player. Like, are you. But the Grizzlies are. They're an interesting team. Like, what's a great season for them? Is it a four seed and home court advantage? Is that like a huge victory this year? Or are they expecting yes. to. <laughs> 
I mean, what levels are you trying to, you know, they're, they're a playoff team. I think that's certainly the case. Like that would be a bummer of a season if they don't make the playoffs, but what is their, you know, like, are they happy just making the playoffs or what are they trying to be? Are they trying just to develop their young talent? Is that a win season? It's a tough, tough team to um, kind of see what their, uh, their end goal is. That's been a lot of our talk with them is they have made that step to being, like you said, right there, a playoff team. Yeah. A team you expect to be in the playoffs now. But that next step is even tougher, which is being a legitimate title contender. And personally, I don't think they made any progress towards that next step this offseason. But could they have? Like, was there a move that, yeah, go get this guy, and then that bumps you up, you know? you got to think with, again, with just the level of depth they had, with the draft ammunition that they were able to put together, it really felt like they were building up to a big move. And maybe it's still out there somewhere. But I don't see how... I don't even see how that starting five is better than it was last year. Was DeRozan that big move? Would he have made that team a lot better? Might have helped. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's a good point. There's... It's hard to pin down what would have made a lot of sense. Uh, and I think that's I, – I can get behind the front office saying, as frustrating as you may be with fans, you know, let's put together another competitive season and really evaluate where this team is. I mean, we're looking at two competitive, real competitive seasons, one of which was COVID and one of them which was post-COVID, uh, kind yeah. of, you know, or – Neither of which had Jaron Jackson. Neither of which had Jaron Jackson. It's – such a hard team to evaluate where they're at, and so, and, and I, I forget also that that they they brought in a couple of veterans, like I was saying earlier. So we've got Stephen Adams there now, which you know could help in that area. Drew or uh, Drew Bledsoe, I've done that for his entire <laughs> ten year career. Uh, Eric Bledsoe's in there, who you know it will play some quality minutes and make make a difference on that team, but. I don't know about, you know, from a leadership gelling standpoint, which frankly it seems like is somebody that we need on the Grizz. I mean, yeah. it, they they made a move that may have filled in some gaps that you could speculate that the front office was seeing. But, I mean, if, you, if I look at that team, I don't see a gap. You know, well, I'll tell you I, who's I, out there for him right now. Glaring one. Andre Iguodala is a free agent again. <laughs> Just don't get Rondo. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. I, I don't think Dylan Brooks and John Morant are uh, welcoming Iggy back anytime soon. <laughs> no way, man. No way. D- Dylan Brooks. John so, Morant, you're, yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be an yeah. exciting year. You're going to sell tickets. Like That's just John Morant factor yeah. right yep. there. Like, it's, well, yep. You talked about is DeRozan a different maker. Let's, uh, let's shift it over to the East. Where do you see teams like the Bulls, like the New York Knicks, after their moves? I kind of feel like they might have put themselves in the Eastern Conference version of where the Grizz are now. Like, all right, you're a playoff team now, but, I mean, I still don't... I'm not scared of that Chicago team, even after their big free agency moves. I'm not really scared of the Knicks team, as much as I hate to say that, adding Kemba Walker and basically bringing the band back together besides that. Uh, well, Evan Fournier... Fournier. You know, yeah, best player on the court in the Olympics. <laughs> that makes a big difference. We talked about the Olympics being the gap between the U.S. And, and, and every other team really closing in, and that's a great example of it. So him being one of the best players on the court there speaks volumes at this point. I don't think the Bucks and Nets are sweating them, though. <laughs> but what about – hey, hey. I want to hear about that, Tim. I want to know where you were going there, man. The Knicks, yeah. It's a whole new starting backcourt. Yeah. I mean, you have Kemba, major upgrade over Peyton. That's for sure. Yeah. Fournier, go get a bucket. You know, yep. he's that guy. If he's hot, he can be streaky, you know. But if he's, you know, that's, go get a bucket. You know, you needed that scoring. You needed somebody. You don't to, think RJ is going to be that guy? RJ is is somebody you, every team wants on your team. He's. I don't think he's ever going to be the go get a bucket guy. I don't, I don't think so. He could have a good games here and there, score 30. But he's not the guy that you want at the end of the game with, with the ball in his hand. You want him on your team. He's going to rebound. He's going to play defense. He's going to pass. He's going to play hard. RJ, you want him on – every team wants him, not as the scorer that you need. So to get scoring oh, – Julius Randle yeah, still there. No, play yeah. through him, absolutely. Like, uh, D-Rose a point guard too. D-Rose yep. can still come off the bench quickly, can fall more off the ball now. He could be more of a, a shooting guard, which is where his skill set is. Oh, I like it. 
I yeah. think they improved, but I don't think they're scaring the Nets and the Bucks yet. Yeah, but could they have? Who, who could have? They have <laughs> you know, DeRozan, I think, is better than Fournier. I'd rather have DeRozan than, yeah. than Fournier. But <laughs> uh, Dame time? Dame time? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that'd be a slam, slam dunk. How cool would it be to have Dame in, in yeah. New York, too, man? Yeah. That would just that's be so true. so flashy and beautiful. But, you know, they, I, I agree with what you just said, Drew, though, which I think sums it up. They upgraded that was a team that was hot for a while last year. And, you know, I got to look at my – they won a playoff series, right? No, they did no, not. They, did not. they okay. were a four seed, though. They had home court. But four, they lost four seed. That's right. That's right. Sorry for the false hope there, guys. Trey um, got hot, took over MSG. Yeah. <laughs> so they're definitively – if you're a four seed, right, you expect to be in the playoffs. You can't say you're the Grizzlies expecting to eke into the playoffs at this point. Right. That is a team that needs to finish – mid-tier and and move up and if they did and they improved a little bit you got to think that they're competing there now that said they're still not in that top three tier of any of those teams that could wind up being a number one seed in in my opinion but it depends on how they gel that could be a big mistake for them not to fear the Knicks because you saw what happened when you didn't fear the Knicks last year and they came out if they come out with that kind of fervor and and Tibbs winds up being the guy who can shepherd all of that like he did last year, which is really impressive. And Julius Randle comes out of nowhere again and raises his game. Those are all things you can bet on. And if those, if, if you have a similar kind of jump as last year, th- that, that team is formidable. That's what we hope. That's what we hope. Yeah. But, you know, Tibbs teams don't really seem to get better over time with him there. <laughs> He's got an expiration date with most of his teams, it seems like. But it shouldn't be year two. And it shouldn't be with all these fresh faces. And he's got his guys on his team, too. You know, they gave $43 million to Derrick Rose to be their backup point guard. Yep. Yeah, I know. Taj Gibson hanging around. Yep. Maybe that could explain the draft, because I, I can't figure out how to explain what the Knicks did in the draft. But maybe Tibbs yeah. just didn't want to really add anybody to the team. You know, I want to yeah. kind of keep what we built here, bring in you know, some veterans, you know, and go from there. Maybe he just didn't want rookies. You know, he's notorious for that, not not yeah. playing rookies. <laughs> Obi knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Obi's going to have a big year. Obi's yeah. going to have a huge year backing up Randall this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I mean, you, you get your, your second-year players and third-year players kind of growing into it, and you don't know where they could be. It's always been a hard read. You're right with Tibbs to figure out how these guys are going to progress on the court because you're not seeing their development as evidently. So that could be a surprise for the Knicks as well. Um, they're – and you – and. You also hope that Tibbs has learned some over his career, right, about being a better coach because he's been on the cusp in a lot of different ways, but he's got to figure out a way to get over it. And, you know, I, I similar to, uh, um, to to Phoenix's coach and, uh, and, and Chris Paul, those guys working together again, there's some magic in getting the band back together and really evaluating, especially with really smart guys like Derrick Rose who can help you figure out the direction to go and player coach. I mean, th- that's something I, you, I go back to the Lakers. Lakers aren't going to have that LeBron player coaches, but they're not going to have that kind of relationship with Frank Vogel and throughout that team. But the Knicks do. And that's the kind of variable that really can lead you further uh, than maybe expectations had you. You want to talk some more Knicks while we got you here? I, I, I think that was so well said. I love that. I, I mean, that was that was spot on. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, well, Kemba, Kemba, New York City guy, back to the Garden. That's exciting too. That, that yeah, he went to Rice High School in the Bronx. You know, he's a New York City guy through and through. And to have a guy that grew up in New York City, dominating New York City high school basketball, AAU basketball, playing that at cool. Madison Square Garden, that's a pretty cool note right there. Like yeah. with something to prove. Yes, after with, the last two seasons. Right, he's going to be so motivated, and he's not Chris Paul's age. You know, he's not a. You know, he's, he's not a young player anymore, but he's still – I think he's got a lot to prove, a lot to play for. And he, he's not, you know, top 10 point guard in the league probably right now, but he's a guy you want on your team. In New York City at the Garden, New York City guy with something to prove. You said uh, yeah, I love it. It's a big upgrade on Alfred Payton. Right. Huge. Yeah, regardless. Absolutely. He, and he, he was a top 10 point guard just a couple years ago. He was yeah. emerging and an incredible scorer. And you're right, if he proves that and he jumps back in and the Knicks don't live up to their – former kind of perception of being a place where some guys go to die, you know, and they actually can be reinvigorated. Like we saw with some players last week, we've seen with Derek Rose. Uh, this is, 
this is the right place for him. And it, it he could be an all-star again. He really, really could as long as he recovers well enough and has the right system. So I love that. I love that pickup. I think Kemba's one of the brighter players in the league. Honestly, it's just the right setup and whether he can heal up. I hope so. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I, I want to get into what I think is a big story here. We we talked about the Bucks. They're the Bucks. Fine. The Nets. I mean, they lost Spencer Dinwiddie, who wasn't playing for them anyways. They're hopefully going to get healthy this year, and then they've also. You know, I, th- I feel like they've made some good moves around the fringes. So that's another team that's going to be there at the top, no matter what. No doubt. By the time the season's done, the talent on that team again is just. Insane. We never saw them fully armed and operational last season. But the Sixers, they still have to trade Ben Simmons, right? He can't come back after last season. There's, I thought there was absolutely no way that he could come back to Philadelphia after the playoffs last year. But what we're hearing is, you know, they're asking the Paul Pearson Garnett package for him back. And yeah. there's no chance in hell they're getting that. So does he come back to the Sixers? I. I mean, out, can't, right? Outlook well, look, is going to crucify him the first time he he passes up a shot. Yeah, we, fans have short memories to some degree. It's yeah, if you uh, win. It, and and I, you know, you got to think that that's what the front office is betting on, right? Is like this guy should be better than he was, and so he needs to be, or else we're all crucified. I don't know, like just betting on the fact that he can do that because, boy, it's got to be painful to give up the value that you're perceiving, which could be their fatal flaw, right? Their perceived value of him. Clearly it is with what they're asking in trade packages. When you know, he's got that potential still. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with it, but I totally get why they're hanging on to him and why they would potentially want to run one more year back. But that's not a gosh, that team is just blown up. If they can't do something next year and he fails, like, what it, that the Sixers aren't even on the radar after that. It's I I don't think you have to trade them. I, I mean I, I don't see that. I mean it's Embiid's team. You have to do that, but you still have to have somebody facilitate and get Embiid the ball. Simmons is a great facilitator. He's the guy that you it's want. True. Like you he don't want him on the free throw line. You don't want him shooting. <laughs> you know, obviously that's not a good basketball player. <laughs> yes, it's a good guy you want on your team. It play and he plays great defense. I mean. If you really, I, I actually love that perspective, Tim. Like, it, it's so obvious how shitty and frustrating his shooting is. Like, that's enough for 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 Philadelphia fans to crucify. It's enough for, enough for the whole nation to really talk shit about the guy as much as we did, and it was warranted. But he distributes. He's a big body in there, uh, and he and he plays really good defense, elite defense by all measures. So. That is something that he's bringing to the table that is hard to give up. And if they can offset that, which they have the talent to do to some degree, then maybe that's worth it. I mean, I guess we, you're right. We shouldn't look past the value that he brings there. That's definitely part of the equation. You just described Giannis. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty bad shooter, right? Not a, a terrible free throw shooter unless it's game, you know, the last game where he makes every one, you know, but... Too they, soon, too soon, I know. Sorry. I know. But they, they, they figured <laughs> that out. Giannis is not is a terrible three-point shooter. He's a bad shooter outside of the paint, right? But he's it was back-to-back MVPs. He was a, a champion this year, defensive player of the year. Like, Simmons is somebody you want on your team. There's, and there's Simmons truth. is 25 years old. Yes. It's and, the biggest thing. He's, and, he's 25 uh, years old. He's, what, all NBA three times already? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying he's Giannis. I'm saying guys, a lot of similarities. Yeah. There. I was say, there, there's oh, a, fi- a fi- that, 50 a points point. to, to six points yeah. gap there <laughs> per game. But still. Yeah. Uh, uh, these guys aren't available at 25 years old. And so the they're right there. to ask for a big return. Yeah. But at what point do you have to say, like, Again, not that we know these are out there, but we've had enough a full off season of Ben Simmons rumors already. Yeah. At what point do you say, you know, maybe we would be better with CJ McCollum and two firsts or something? <laughs> I no. maybe after next year. I think it's arguably <laughs> now. It's just really hard. But the, and, you know, we can't forget that they sunk the draft equity into the him as well, and that's something for their fans to crucify him for also. You know that, well, that Fultz isn't on that team anymore either. That's true, and you know maybe I don't know the, the the sentiment in Philadelphia, but you know the rebuild, the 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 um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on it? The plan, the 
the, the process. The process. <laughs> My gosh, it's over. The process is done. It is, but all of, all of those drafts and so many of them, they let go and moved on. And I think there's some where even like Nerland's Noel is showing some promise, never living up to where he was <laughs> before. But you know, those, those kind of players, like maybe the Philadelphia's burn out on churning through these players and only having so so little to show for what they went through that they want this one thing to pan out in addition to Joel Embiid. I don't know. I'm just making up narratives now, but yeah, I, I think at this point, Joel Embiid is the process. You surround yeah. him with whatever he needs to win. Yeah. If you're Philadelphia, you and if that's not Ben Simmons, that's not Ben Simmons. But you can't settle on a package for Simmons. You can't just say, "Oh, he had a bad couple of playoff games, and we'll take you know something less than what we think he's." Yeah. They've been underachieving every season. Yeah, but not <laughs> Simmons' fault completely. You know, it's yeah. not like CJ CJ McCollum's pretty good though. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really you got, you got yeah. Seth Curry to make shots. I mean, you need somebody to do everything else. Just yeah. think of that. You know, all the gravity that Embiid pulls towards him, and then you got Seth and CJ on the perimeter. Okay, okay. Yeah. Danny Green's still there? <laughs> yeah, he's still putting around. <laughs> they do need Surround somebody like that, though. I like that. They do need some shooters, though, still. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, That's going to be a weird team next year, uh, and they're running out of time, I think, is my big takeaway there. So, Whatever it is, they're betting on having a run to the finals, if not a championship this year, or we're going to see some major changes in Philadelphia. Yeah. But what big moves are still out there? DeRozan went to the Bulls. Again, we've barely talked about them because that team still doesn't really move the radar yeah. for me. DeRozan, to me, just kind of seems like a less athletic Zach Levine light type yeah, player anyway. They have all... They have all shooting cards. Yeah, I guess Alonzo they're going Ball. positionless basketball. But Even Vucevic isn't playing inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a unique team. I I do like the the Lonzo Ball signing though. I mean, as as much as I'm annoyed by the balls in general, uh, <laughs> um, and they just drafted Kobe White, but he's he's a bench guy, I guess. I that's think. true. A lot of guards. That Alonzo could wind up being a centerpiece there, and that's what Chicago kind of needs. I mean, they they need. I mean, they've got Zach Levine, that's true, but they um, they they need somebody like Lonzo who's prime for a breakout. I mean, he was really playing well last year, and uh, ultimately, I think he's underrated in the league right now. So they probably got good value for him. Still, that team is just unbalanced, and I, I don't see them making that playoff jump that you're you were asking about drew i just yeah. i really don't i can see them having some playoff competitive team, game not title contender ba- no. and barely a playoff i'm talking like play in you know <laughs> eighth seed kind of a yeah. kind of a team right now but they're and in they, the east ouch i know well the east east has got depth now you're gonna have yeah. the, the lonzo and Lamelo playing game oh yeah, that's probably fun. true yeah you know when we're talking about that now and lonzo being in the news just gotta ask a have you seen any big baller shoes anywhere? Big baller brand? Besides uh, the four pairs. I've been pair. out on the big baller brand stuff for a while now. I got four in my closet. But, uh, <laughs> no, I have not. I did see a big baller shirt the other day. I can't remember where. Yeah? But was it, it on uh, LeVar Ball? Because no. I think that's the only place I've seen one. It was at Goodwill. That's where it was. No. Ah, <laughs> no. Hey, got him. I know. <laughs> nice. But if I saw one at Goodwill, I'd buy that shit. I would. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, speaking of the East, I mean, I, I are are the Heat not one of the big movers this uh, this offseason, though? Like, I. Th- that team, we all forget that they were in the championship last season. I mean, it was the bubble. Yeah, it, it was, and and a playoff team this last years. year. And yeah, they've got kind of a very heat-like core right now too. That's how it feels to me. You know, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. But then I can't see how you give ninety million to Duncan Robinson. It's a nice story, the undrafted free agent getting paid. But this was a guy who couldn't even play in the playoffs last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the money there just oh, doesn't. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but but they really balanced. They brought a lot of talent in there, and they kept Oladipo and surrounded them all. Everybody with PJ Tucker and Markeith Morris rebounding and defense and shooters on right. the perimeter. And I mean, they they've got every type of player on that team that a team needs yeah. to succeed. Like there's role wise, there is no gap there. And I think it's fair scary. to put them in the top team tier of the East for sure. I do. I, I agree. I'm almost upset I kind of forgot about them right now, and now I'm remembering how much I dislike the Heat. Yeah, they, have, <laughs> they have a solid, solid roster. Really, 
Yeah. It just feels yeah. like an old school Heat team to me now, which yeah. is what yeah. I kind of like. And yeah. also kind of fear. Yeah, <laughs> on some morning. And to slow this thing down and Agreed. just play a bully ball type of basketball. P.J. Tucker, absolutely perfect for them. T- totally. <laughs> totally. And yeah, it's, I mean, I, I honestly forgot about Oladipo before you said it yeah. too. If, if he can get back to oh. 75% of what he used to be, yeah. that's a scary yeah. option. They lost Kendrick Nunn though, right? So who's, <laughs> who's the backup point guard? That's... Uh, okay. Kyle Lowry's running that. He's the guy to do that. But none, none. He was, you know, kind of microwave scorer. Go in there, get some buckets. Bench is so important. Basketball, NBA, how the NBA is now. The bench, so wildly important. It is, especially for a playoff run. I mean, it's until you get to the finals. Yeah, it, yeah you, you, to, to really get in there. Well, until the finals. Yeah, but that's how you, you play forty minutes. That's how you get to the finals, and you know. I actually want to go back to one thing you said earlier, Tim, about Westbrook being a coming off the bench. I mean, that'll never the fuck happen. Pardon my right. French, yeah. but <laughs> egos are <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, he's perfect for that. What a can you imagine him leading your your B squad and coming off and just lighting everything on fire? I'm I always wonder why teams. I, I mean, I know why, right? But I, why it's not experimented with just a little bit more taking right. one of those surplus stars if you have them or somebody who's on the border and putting him and having him lead the B squad. It's just, you can... always talk about that staggering your stars minutes. Yeah. But the, the reality is the NBA is a star league, obviously. And if you have one of those teams that has enough stars that you don't can't afford not to start one, you expect to be a finals team. Yes. If you've got that level of star power that you can afford not to start one, you expect to be in the finals conversation. Any of those teams with big threes are teams we talk about as finals teams. True. And then if you get to there, you're not on the bench. Your star's not on the bench in the finals, you know? Your best players are playing 40 minutes yeah. every game. So you can't just, I don't know. you got to make sure you know how they can play together as well. But, yeah, I would love point. to see a Westbrook just coming in and basically playing street ball on a second unit. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Fair point. The, the, the Nets are the perfect example of that. Yeah, you know, Kyrie off the bench, just go yeah. do Kyrie. Like yeah. he would, you know, just yeah. he'd probably average forty a game. You know, like just go score every time. You know. Yeah, but um, then when you get to the yeah. last couple of rounds, if you're leaving Kyrie on the bench, you're, the sports media is going to light you just, on fire. Just to start. Not that they're never going <laughs> to yeah, play together yeah. on the court. Yeah. You know, but I, I totally understand your point. There it's you. it's really interesting because I don't think it's even though I know it's perceived this way, right? It's not. I don't get the whole starting uh, focus because it used to be that way, right? Like there was a Ever big since gap. Alan Parsons and Sirius for the Chicago Bulls. You need to be in that starting lineup. <laughs> that's true. Well, you're right. You get the that, that there's there are those things. That's a that's a really great point. Um, that you know you of course you want to be part of that, but. And by the way, they did Alan Parsons at the Suns <laughs> Arena too. I just want you to know that. At, oh yeah, uh, they were first, right? They were, they were. I mean, I don't know by definition. No, mm. but I, there are so many smart lineups out there. I mean, you see all the smart coaches, the best coaches out there know when to go small. They have their small lineup, they have their mid lineup, they have their energy lineup, and it's really even though I'm talking A and B squads, there really aren't A and B squads anymore. There's seven different lineups and it's based on you know it's matchup based and based on what kind of energy one of course adaptation of fouls and and game situations and such but i i don't understand why you've got to bet on playing five guys as much as you can through the finals if you've got really smart rotation through of course you limit your lineups more in that time but fine have a guy come off the bench but like you said tim play just as many minutes but and have it at the right time and be thoughtful about it and experiment throughout the season. It seems ripe for this statistical basketball kind of thing to figure out what right combination there is to play and play it at the right time and just bet on that going through there. You don't see as much of that. There's still so much star ball, which I can't fully argue with, but I feel like there's untapped potential in just playing to having the right players on the court at the right time throughout the entire game rather than just maximized five individuals yeah that's, yeah. Bit, that's a great point too i mean just look at the bucks last season winning the championship you know bobby portis barely played in the series before it true and becomes a clutch member of the team yep. in the finals you do see that a lot yep. playing big minutes just yep. matchups yep. You, you do need that depth but you're still again when you find it 
Yeah. You're talking Hamptons lineup or death lineup or any of these these fun things that we get. Yeah. When you find that, those guys are on the court. Yes. Yep. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, the Heat will potentially struggle with that. I'm not sure. They've got a lot of depth going on. But, you know, one, one thing I always like to mention, you guys are probably tired of hearing this about the Heat, just like I am. But as I've watched, you know, the Grizz build and the Suns build and, I'm really curious, and, and as I have saw my, my teams lose to the San Antonio Spurs a bajillion times, I'm very focused on, like, how do you build this culture that can be sustainable and, you know, and really allow for a player like Westbrook to come in, like we're doing in L.A., and actually thrive. And I feel like the Heat have figured out how to do that with Spolster at the helm and Pat Real Riley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All that sunshine. Hey, well, we have that much sunshine. Miami went there. <laughs> I know. There's there's truth to that. Uh, but I mean, how do you get there? And the Heat are the exemplars of that, in my opinion. Are, are these Heat signings? Are they saying how we're trying to match up? How do we beat the Bucks or the Nets or the Sixers to a lesser degree? Are they are they make these the PJ Tucker? Is he somebody that is specifically going to match up well against the Bucks? You know, or the Nets is that was that what they're making these signings for? Is for are they you know? Yeah, they you, have can, enough, you can afford to do that when you already have the talent on your team. You, you have can enough pull it out with specialists. Yeah, you could forget that you're a playoff team, right? You could forget regular season to a, to an extent, right? We're building this team to beat this other team. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, is there a, a, a player to player matchup? I mean, you got to think that those two teams are big, right? Philadelphia and. Uh, and Milwaukee, and so they've definitely got you know big bodies that, that can play you know small uh, fives and you know stretch fives and and but also you know play all the, be big shooting guards if they need to depending on how they're putting the roster together and and get boards I mean and and lock down defend it's it's really they're they're getting multi tool players all across the board which I think is is what's most impressive about who they've signed and. Um, and then, have and they have the depth center. to go along with that. Bam. Yeah, Bam's the closest. Yeah, well, not traditional in yeah. Shaq sense, but you know, he's. Yeah, and then what's behind him? I mean, you can definitely win that way. We've seen that yeah. plenty of times in the modern NBA, which makes a team like the Cavs giving out huge money to resign Jarrett Allen and draft an Evan Mobley. That's, kind of a fun little anachronism almost when you got going you know. back to a Twin Towers type of basketball. See how that works out for you, Cleveland. But. It's a good point, though. Center-wise, maybe that's what they're building around is like just having enough, big enough depth to match up and maybe overwhelm a team without having that because, no, they don't. They, they certainly have a big presence in the middle with Bam. I mean, that guy still yeah, a clogs the lane. physical but, idiots, but. Yeah. I think I think Udonis Haslam is still there, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's 60 now. <laughs> Honestly, it's a fair bet. I'm checking. I don't think so, but. Uh, we're not far removed. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So we're here on vacation, yep. chilling out in this beautiful location in North Carolina, drinking uh, Bearwater Brewing Company from right down the street. This is their On the DL for our sports show. All right. So, I like it. On the DL American Lager. There you go. From the finest spring waters in North Carolina. Smoky Mountains down the street. I love the stub, stubby what, what bottle, too. Another Bear Water? So, not Bear Walker, which we're very yeah. familiar with. I know. With. That's what I keep Nash. thinking of every time. Uh, I do not own the rights to any Grateful Dead uh, lookalikes here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, a Bear Water, same brewing company. Uh, Mountain Mojo Lager with a hint of mango flavor. In it. So Ooh, that sounds really nice. I'm, uh, I'm heading to the beach in next week, I think. going to do a weekend at... Uh, out near uh, San Diego, and uh, nice. that is the beer that I want with me right there, honestly. So I'm, I'm so jealous and happy that you guys are out there doing that because that part of the country is just – I mean, I know Asheville itself at one point, more breweries per capita than anywhere in the nation, and it's a mecca, and it extends beyond that city center. So I'm glad yeah. you guys are finding some good beers. We were looking for the – we had those Asheville beers here too, but good. yeah, we've – Happen to find something right down the street from where we're at. So. I love it. Or right down the mountain more, <laughs> yeah, more <know>. accurately. <laughs> and just take the e-brake off, e-brake off and roll. Down. Just yeah, just right there, right, right to the front door of Bearwater. Kicking back. It's a nice time. Good to see some family and be here. 
get together. Yeah. You know, we get some cameos from our parents here. <laughs> Mom, uh, get in here. They're running around. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad I could join you guys from a distance, at least here. Uh, I, I am I not. I'm, I'm going to play basketball tonight, so I decided not to drink a beer. Uh, so I've got some coffee just to keep uh, me keep me going so I don't fall asleep I'm playing late tonight. Uh, the polar bear's getting back in action. <laughs> I, I, I was telling my buddy that I play with that when I show up at the court and I see that there's not somebody running five on five full court next there, like right next to us, I just breathe a sigh of relief. I'm like, thank God, I don't have to try to like try to get in on that game and like see, can we play? Because we feel obliged and we show up there, and then I just get run the half over, man. I it's I half court now. Well, I'm not, a half court player too. Yeah, three on three tournaments. <laughs> I'm almost exclusively a horse player now. <laughs> that's that's how sad my my basketball life is. But I'm trying to work back into it. So, uh, yeah. Although it's going to be 110 degrees at nine o'clock tonight, so I'm not looking forward to that. But, yep. Good luck, buddy. I know, guys. Well, then just some of this mountain air, if we could. I so, I'm feeling. What else, uh, what else you got for us tonight? Uh, Give me a, give me some Olympic moments that have been pretty striking for you. I'll say I loved the uh, the sprinting, the fastest men and women, the Jamaica sweeping the hundred meter finals, all three medal positions from Jamaica, and then you know the gold medalist going on the what the uh, the mommy racer or whatever her hashtag is going that. out there and winning the two hundred too. Felix, yep. yep. First. Uh, did you see her know, come, making it come oh, up at the end? Oh, yeah. oh, Allison Felix was incredible, though, too, making that yeah, last stretch run. To, uh, my, my favorite I, I has, has been... Matching Usain Bolt as repeating. To I, make it, man. They're good. <laughs> Runners. It's, amazing. It's so it's, cool to see. But the fastest man in the world right now is an Italian born in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. I love that, though. Congratulations. That's yep. what I say. Yep, you say congratulations. It is always incredible to me to see the fastest people beat each other. Like, just, and, and to see by like such gaps, like to see Allison Felix just chase down th- second or third place, or second place, and then third place, and then first place. My gosh. In that last stretch, like, to be able to turn on those burners against the best and, and we saw that I, my favorite moment was Sydney McLaughlin or McLaughlin. I, know, I never know exactly. She's incredible. Doing the hurdles, which, by the way, the hurdles. How do you even do oh. that? I, I can barely <laughs> even run straight without being worried about falling, much less actually playing. Come to a full stop and climb over this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It blows my mind. But she, in the gold medal race, won on that stretch. And to have a stretch going over the hurdles just blows my mind as well. Uh set a, a world record in the semis and then beat her own world record in the finals for gold. Like, come on, man. We're seeing the best of the best out there. And <laughs> that's what's so cool about it. So it, I, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. The, the sprinting is it's the purest form of competition ever. You know, like true. I yeah. think they should run barefoot. You know, no, <laughs> we don't, we don't need any equipment. You know, just line up next to each other and see who is faster. I agree. That's the purest form of competition. Let's go race. Let's see who's the yeah. best in the world at this. That's, yeah. That, that's pretty cool. It's saying something. Yeah, it's, it's as close cool. as you can get. I, I think we should do, like, gazelle hunting, where we have to chase down a gazelle <laughs> on uh, on our feet, and Human that's it. Human greyhound race, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I, I, I think that's a great point, Tim, man. It's, it's, I love the individual competitions, for that reason. And, you know, most of what we watch individual competition wise, frankly, well, I'm not speaking for you, Drew, I guess, you know, I watch golf, but <laughs> You're not what, speaking for me. But I know what, what else, what else do we watch normally top golf. that have those? Uh, I think I beat you at that. Um, <laughs> that's cause I watch more golf, Drew. Um, you know, we, we're on here talking about sports all the time. The three of us dudes are watching sports all the time. We're not watching those kinds of competitions almost ever, maybe. And <laughs> I, so it's so cool to be able to see it. I, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like I need more of that in my life. I don't know if I'll seek it out, but I love watching those individual straight-up competitions. It's one of the more exciting things in sports. You get into swimming and watch uh, Caleb yeah. Dressel bring home five golds in one Olympics. <laughs> Katie Ledecky, some good, some good stuff out there. 
compatible. Yep. But hey, we were talking about uh, you know super teams before. Uh, big three is what about like a big nine? The U.S. Uh, men's basketball team getting hot at the right time, and the women's basketball team both got off the kind of slow starts, but seem to have found their groove now that we're in the knockout games. You know, yeah. took down the nemesis in Spain for the men. Huge. The women's already got past Australia. Australia's up next for the men's team, who just lost to them when Patty Mills caught fire. Yeah. Yeah. So Patty Mills is on the Nets now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I. I think it's crazy that all these guys are signing contracts while they're playing basketball in Tokyo also. Yeah. Right. Do they have yeah. input in that? Or is their agent just completely taking it from them? Or are they saying... Hell of a tough time change to coordinate. <laughs> yeah, For right. sure. I mean, you got to think that they at least gave intentions and parameters before they left. But I spent a lot of time thinking about that today. Like, how... You know, that's got to be a pain in the ass to be doing that from Tokyo. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see those teams gelling because they're truly super teams and knowing that, I know we're going to have good competition throughout the rest of this, though. Just like we've talked with that gap being closed between the world and the U.S. in terms of talent, there's uh, there are a lot of great games to be seen. But that men's team, well, both of them. I mean, the depth on that women's team is insane, too. Um, but the men's team has taken a long time to gel. And I think we've forgotten a little bit how hard it must be to, you know, we joked about Drew and, and Chris and and uh, and Devin getting off the plane, you know, at midnight and then showing up for the game the next day, but <laughs> but like that takes a toll and a context switch from the playoffs to Tokyo to these different to different coaching to different schemes, that's insanely hard. So it, it, playing a late NBA season, it, it, of course, it takes a while to gel. And plus, these guys, I know they know each other really well, but they're not used to playing with each other. They have their own hangups with each other. So you got to get over that too. It's tough. Do I, do I hear All crickets right. too? <laughs> Starting to get a little bit dark here. Yeah, I like know it. you can't tell from this massive glow over here. Nope. I love <laughs> it. Well, I have truly felt like I've been nope. sitting on the porch with you guys, and it is the respite that I needed. So thanks wow. for doing this. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully we can we can do it again while y'all are out there. Hey, yeah. good to see you, man. Well. Unfortunately, this vacation doesn't last forever, and we'll be, uh, I mean, fortunately for the, our listeners, we'll be back in town in time for the show on Sunday, so we'll be there on WXNA, as always, every week, having some good time there. Heck yeah. But until then, uh, we'll just be kicking back and rocking over here, so well, nice. cheers, buddy. Good to see you. Here's to you. Glad this worked out. Good to see you guys. <laughs> guys, enjoy I appreciate yourselves, you guys right? having me on. I really yeah, I really enjoy talking sports with you, so much, much appreciated. Thanks for joining, Tim. It was fun. Y'all have fun, all right? Good times. Thanks, man. See ya. Enjoy the beach.